was a crazy week news-wise. How much of it sticks to the, uh, the, the American fabric and continues to be a story? I don't know. Impeachment's still out there and still interviewing people behind closed doors, and we'll see what leaks out of there. And, and uh, I don't know. It's taking depositions. Where will it lead? What will it mean? Everybody, I'm just exhausted. Everybody seems to be in agreement that at some point they are going to do full-on impeachment and will go to the Senate. Everybody seems to be in agreement that uh, Trump will most likely be acquitted in the Senate. There is disagreement as to how it will play politically. Some people think laying his crimes uh, in front of the American people will hurt him. Some people think it will be similar to Clinton's impeachment where it helps him. I don't know. Hmm. Clinton had a 68% approval rating during impeachment. So just about the same. Trump will have somewhere around 40 because that's where he lives, mm-hmm. between like 38 and 43. Yeah. Does that make a difference? I have no idea. Yeah. And uh, I heard uh, Justin Amash might be running as a libertarian. Jonah Goldberg was writing about that, or Steve Hayes, doesn't matter. Um, you got various Republicans who are gussying up their resumes just in case, but where it ends, nobody knows. Meanwhile, speaking of uh, would-be Republican presidents, uh, Mitt Romney had a burner Twitter account under the name Pierre Delecto. (laughs) So, that's a thing. (laughs) So, if you hear a reference to Pierre Delecto today, that's what it is. Why did, why did, I wonder why he chose that name. Was he trying to be funnier? I hope so. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, we'll we'll have more for you on that in case you're not paying attention. Uh, the Trump decided no, uh, the G7 won't be at Doral after everybody went crazy on both sides of the aisle, except somewhat hilariously, congresspeople and senators from Florida that didn't huh. want to be seen deflecting the business from the local economy. Right. So they had to say, well, uh, Doral is a fabulous property, and the Greater Miami area is more than able to accommodate tourists and business people of all descriptions. So that's, uh, that's you know, politics for you. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and other congr- uh, Congress people made an unannounced trip to Afghanistan where she was worshipped as an ancient goddess. <laughs> you know why she did that, I think. Uh, I'm not sure it get the, got the amount of attention she was hoping for. She thought she'd make a secret trip to Syria or Middle East or, and it'd be a big deal. Yeah, Nancy doesn't want impeachment to be the story. She's like the only one in her party who says, look, this is not the right way to do this. Mm-hmm. We, there are other ways to beat him. This is not the right way. But she's like the only one that seems to believe that. Right. She's trying to make a different story work. Other really than draw the- attention to the Kurds, Turkey, Syria thing and make that the story. But the impeachment trains are rolling. If there's one thing Republicans can agree on, it's to call the Democrats the party of impeachment. So she's desperate to say, look at foreign policy jobs. Here I am in Afghanistan. And then, you know, some other domestic policy something or other probably this week. And we'll say, uh, oh, speaking of domestic policy, and I think Marshall's got this story at the bottom of the hour uh, in the news. Elizabeth Warren says she will tell you how she's going to pay for her $30 trillion plan for Medicare for all. And it'll knock your socks off. So stay tuned for that. Uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff. I prefer to remain besocked. Knock my socks off. Oops, I covered up what I was going to do. So I like it when I'm right. I, <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's I don't know. I I mean, like, most people do, don't they? I'm a gloater. Well, it depends on what you're right about. Yeah. 
If, if I think I got cancer and I turn out to be right, I don't like being right. But <laughs> depends on what you're talking about. Right. Uh, the term glam. You get a moment of, I knew it. I told you. <laughs> I told you. Dance around. <laughs> Touch no, you dance. <laughs> if you find the term glamping annoying, trust me when I say I find the term influencer, online influencer, mm. three times as annoying. Because mostly it's girls with big boobs influencing you to look at them. And then they try to sell you stuff. And it's become increasingly clear the there are a lot of people who care about whether advertising works. There have been a lot of studies that have come out lately that show that the online ad thing does not work. I mean, number one, just people don't look at them or pay attention to them. I've been saying that for 10, 15 years, whenever it first started. Right. I never see these ads. I don't see how they do anything. You know, I I do a little bit, but from an advertiser's point of view, there's also enormous elephantine fraud going on with the click farms and the phony video views and the rest of it. Facebook leading the way on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, One day. Mark Berserkerberg will be hailed as the master criminal that he is. But so anyway, uh, Wall Street Journal with a uh, big old piece uh, over the weekend. Online influencers tell you what to buy. Advertisers wonder who's listening. And the subhead is billions are paid to social media personalities to pitch products in an influencer economy riddled with deceit. It's not an influencer economy. It, But it is. But it won't be for long because it's fraudulent. You know, money is absolutely flowing back and forth. Um, What began as friends and family sharing their favorite products has become a lucrative advertising industry of celebrity endorsers, influencers, and meme creators. Uh, Known as sponsored content, they're the online equivalent of a 30-second TV spot. Big-name stars can command a hundred grand or more for a single YouTube video or Instagram photo. But... A whiff of deceit. Not a whiff of the new Kardashian uh, cologne, but a whiff <laughs> of deceit now taints the influencer marketplace. A whiff of taint. <clears throat> Influencers have strained ties with advertisers by inflating their number of followers, sometimes buying fake ones by the thousands. They've also damaged their credibility with real-life followers by promoting products they don't use and never have. Jalyn Evans, who's a 19-year-old student at Virginia Commonwealth University, says, All these paid posts make you question whether influencers are genuine or just doing it for the money. <laughs> um, they're, they're, um, it's the second one. It's the way you're built, I guess. Like, well, we advertise stuff, but we actually use the stuff we advertise. But in general, since I was a little kid, I just assumed if I see some celebrity standing there with toothpaste... I don't think, oh, he really likes that toothpaste. I just thought, oh, you wait, what? I'll bet he gets right off the football field and just polishes <laughs> up those pearly whites with that Somebody stuff. paid him to say he likes the toothpaste. Whatever. Yeah. It's all ever meant to me. Yeah. Um, uh, Ipsy is the name of this cosmetics company that was the, the, uh, the early adopter, like the big first one that would pay Internet hotties to use their per, their uh, makeup and show people them mm. using their makeup and the rest of it, they're out. Interesting. According to their chief executive, have they peaked? I don't know. These days, the firm is recruiting recruiting its own customers to post products for free. We don't do that anymore. Uh, the influence is waning. Engagement rates, which measure the number of likes a post generates, are down this year. Um, uh, 
And chief executive of online stationery retailer who used to do it says, consumers can see if someone honestly cares about a product or whether they're just trying to push it. The bubble is starting to burst. Um, so, so that's it. I mean, there's more to it. And it's kind of interesting if you're into advertising and business. But the long and short of it is... Nah, advertising dollars should flow back to radio. They're flaking. I did find this interesting, this chart. I think I got this chart. Or did it eliminate it? Oh, my gosh. I, I did print only, and it eliminated the charts. I hate when that happens. How much people make. Um, there's, uh, there's plenty of incentive to inflate your followers. And uh, I'm acquainted with one or two people who have big Instagram followings because they're uh, super hot cheesecake models. How? With, um, with between one and two million followers. They can make some pretty serious money. Like what's serious money? I gotta find the article again. Well, give me a rough range. Are we talking? You talking sixty thousand dollars? Sixty zillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find it, Jack. Uh, my hallmark is accurate. That's oh, right. You always say that. Yeah. Um, I'll find it while you're talking. See, I would never, under any circumstance, follow some hottie because she's hot. Are there guys who follow twenty different ones because they're that kind of person? Is that how they yes. get all these followers? So, yeah. it's a, so it's a certain number of people who are really into it. Because I would never, it doesn't matter. There's a, you know how many women there are that look attractive? I just can't imagine picking one that you're going to follow their feet on. I well, just, you spend your, no your time idly flipping through, through your phone, getting suicidally depressed, and not making any real human connections, looking at, you know, all uh, the hotties you follow. It's just touch of the thumb here, flip of the thumb there, and you're, Weird. you're there. So if you are nano, Jack, you have less than 10,000 followers, you can make up to $500. Now, often that's in gift cards or free products for your nano influencer. Your micro, that's 10 to 50,000 can be between 200 and $4,000 to show yourself using that lipstick or whatever. Mid-tier, 50,000 to 500,000 can be up to 10 grand. Your macro, which is half a million to a million, between 5,000 and $25,000. I just had an idea. Per post. What if we started posting topless photos of us every single day? Holy (laughs) crap. It's the worst idea I've ever heard. I wonder how many followers we'd get. So, Middle-aged men posing topless. Oh, Lord. No, there's no amount of money that would make me do that. Uh, Mega is a million and up. So that's, uh, you know, this one gal I'm thinking of. uh, Between 10,000 and 150,000. Now, that's a heck of a range. But see, here's the thing. If you are a hottie influencer, look at my boobies, I influenced you. Um, <laughs> but your following is almost entirely male. What are you going to pitch? God, and I wonder what age male is it? Well, right. I mean, they might have some female followers, but if I'm a makeup company and it's a bunch of self-pleasuring 17-year-olds, <laughs> sorry for the frank talk. Um, or sad 50-year-olds. Oh, boy. Um, that's not going to do me any good as a makeup manufacturer. No. The celebrity endorser, Jack, several million, between twenty dollars and $500,000 for a single post. Hmm. We got on Instagram because we were told we ought to. We got, I don't know, 150 followers. We're on Instagram? I didn't even remember we're on Instagram. what? So you haven't been posting. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. I don't go on the gram for some reason. No wonder we have such a small following. If I could remember. The gram's way bigger than everything else now, right? It's big. The gram is huge. Uh, uh, I don't know how it compares. Bigger than Twitter, I think. 
I think it's it's skewing more popular and younger, but I don't know in terms of active mm. user bases which one's actually. Mm. All right, I'm checking right now how many Instagram followers we have, so I can. Uh, I've start never seen our Instagram people. page. Oh, there's uh, okay. There's my my kid. I'm on his page. Whoops, I don't know how this thing works. Uh, there it is. I'll bet that's it. We have 3,215 followers, Jack. So we could make up to $500 for a single prostitution of ourselves. And I stand willing to get whoring. Yeah, Instagram is about 80 million more users larger than Twitter. So, it's quite a bit. There you go. Huh. Yeah, suppose I should get on the gram. Oh, yeah. If you want to make some serious influencer money. I'll tell you this, and I mean this honestly. We will not endorse anything we don't use or respect and think you will be happy you used it. We've passed up a lot of business and annoyed a lot of executives through the years, just because that's kind of our thing. Hey, protesters were out in Hong Kong again yesterday in large, large numbers. How it went down is pretty interesting and violent. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Elizabeth Warren taking a lot of heat for her Medicare for All plan and what it would cost. Um, So she's decided she's got to tackle that. Marshall's got that in his news coming up in about 10 minutes or so. The uh, ongoing Hong Kong China story. Protesters out in the street again as they continue to, uh, well, battle for freedom. Hundreds of thousands of pro-democracy protesters took to Hong Kong streets yesterday defying a ban as police used a water cannon filled with stinging blue dye. I didn't know they'd added some sort of dye to the water cannons that burn your eyes. Plus, it dyes people so you can see who, uh, who was in the protest. Blasted a major thoroughfare. It also hit a small group standing guard outside a mosque. Um, and uh, leaving Muslim protesters who were trying to protect the mosque choking and vomiting. I'd kind of like to see a little of that uh, Muslim extremism turned toward China. If it's got to, you know, it's got to be turned anywhere. (laughs) You see how they're treating Muslims in your country? Yeah. We're not the only bad country in your eyes on earth. We got mosques in good standing over here in America. They're operating as normal today. They're not getting sprayed by caustic dyes. Protesters, meanwhile, vandalized businesses perceived as pro-Beijing through Molotov cocktails at police stations, set barricades on fire, and smashed up subway stations. So it's not the same sort of protest it was several months ago. Getting uglier. When it was peaceful people walking in the street. I can understand why, but you can also, it's been going on for five months, but you also can see how China's going to be able to use that as a reason to, like, you know, get pretty pretty rough. I mean, when you're throwing Molotov cocktails at police and tearing up businesses. In subway stations. Yeah. In contrast to previous demonstrations, the situation quickly escalated with clashes occurring long before sunset. By late afternoon yesterday, protesters had begun tearing up bricks and throwing them at police stations along with the Molotov cocktails. They aren't going to stand for that forever. Wow, yeah, that's close to warfare. In Mar- Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, it really is. In mark of their increasing sophistication, protesters also produced power tools all of a sudden and began building sturdier barricades to hold back police drilling metal railings into the road surface. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, a, a little uh, concrete bit there, then sink the poles, then then bolt things to them. It's and, full-on warfare. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it is. Meanwhile, in the States, um, and this is spreading, we were hoping it would, uh, Nets-Raptors game, still preseason, right, Positive, Sean? Correct. Is 82 games not enough? Why do they have a preseason? Practice, then play the first game, just like Little League does. Got to warm up the legs. No, you don't. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, at uh, Nets Raptors, and keep in mind, the Nets are partially owned by that Chinese magnate dude. What's his name? Tsai or... Uh, Joe something or other. Yeah, affiliated with Tencent, I believe. Yeah, he's a dirty commie. But anyway, he partly uh, owns the team. And a guy bought out an entire section and passed out free Hong Kong t-shirts. And and there was a dude dressed as Winnie the Pooh, yep, <laughs> mocking old uh, Xi Jinping, uh, and he had a sign "Free Hong Kong," and he was bopping up and down the aisles like a cartoon mascot, clearly and, daring the arena to do something. Well, and it was funny to watch the video of the ushers. They're looking at him like, "Okay, is he going to try to come on the court?" No, no, he's not. He said, "I feel like I should be doing something, but I don't know what to do." They're just eyeballing him. Um, but the game went on, I guess. Still preseason. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, Democratic frontrunner Elizabeth Warren having to deal with increasing questions about paying for her Medicare for All plan. We've got Facebook wheeling and dealing with various news agencies. We'll tell you about that in the Mayo Clinic. Warning about dairy products. Oh. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> We just got this text. I started following you guys on the gram. Just because I'm curious, I watched your followers go from 3,260 to 3,288, as you mentioned it, last hour. Let's see what happens when you go topless. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> I suppose I, we ought to post something once in a while. I am considering posting a topless pic on the gram to see oh, what it would do. Lord. As a, as a thirst trap. <laughs> Nobody's thirsty for that. You don't know. That's why you put it out there. Uh, Anybody God. want some gasoline? I realize, I realize I'd bring a tremendous amount of abuse toward myself, but oh boy. you're not going to say anything I'm surprised by. No. I don't walk around thinking I'm not what I am. I right. know exactly what I am. I right. see myself in the mirror when I get out of the shower. Right. I cringe. I keep the lights <laughs> dim. Taking a look at the side angle lately? That's the angle. Dim the lights for the shower. Oh, yeah, I dim the lights. When I get out of the shower, I don't, I don't want the bright light of me. <laughs> Feeling around for a towel. Oh, God. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, after repeatedly being targeted by other candidates in last week's Democratic presidential debate for not saying if she'll raise taxes to pay for her Medicare for All plan, Senator Elizabeth Warren said during a campaign event in Iowa over the weekend, We need to talk about the cost, and I plan over the next um, uh, few weeks to put out a plan that talks about specifically the cost of Medicare for all and specifically how we pay for it. You know, we discussed this last week, but the fact that Elizabeth Warren is afraid to say your taxes will go up by $100, but your bills will go down by 300 so you'll save money. She's afraid to say that because people go, she's raising taxes! She's raising taxes! And voters will say, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard she's going to raise taxes even on the middle class. And she would lose. The fact that she's afraid to say that and that she's probably right is troubling. ought to terrify you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something. Next yeah. time somebody brings that up at a debate is, is a response something like, 
there are multiple variables in this equation, and you want me to ignore you one of them. You lost me. At, there <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah, I wish I wish politics worked the way you're and you going. You want me but... to ignore one of them in order to hand my political opponents a soundbite, and I'm not going to do that. She's raising taxes. Yes, you just lost, John. No, I'm pulling very well. <laughs> Senator Bernie Sanders, though, who along with Warren are the two leading leftists in the candidate's field, has acknowledged that his Medicare for All plan would raise taxes on the middle class, which he says would be offset by eliminating most health care expenses that people would have to pay. He's trusting his followers to understand it. By the way, we're not endorsing her idea. I think oh, her no. idea is the ruination of America. I heard you were endorsing it. Uh, it's, it's just that she can't even say what's obviously true because well because people don't pay that much attention or are dumb or something i don't know why. i suppose i should be glad but i'm also scared that voters are are just they're they're beasts lurching in one direction or another well, it, the only way to motivate them is food or fire well it works in my favor in this case but the <laughs> fact that can we, put, can we put that food over the fire maybe fire that's but the fact that the washington yeah. post can say whatever the number was 60 percent of people got a tax cut but most people think they didn't because the refund was smaller. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's working against me. Yes. It's, just a, it's an incredible. This uh, just coming in, the Supreme Court striking down a ruling involving gerrymandering in Michigan. A lower court ordered that new congressional maps should be drawn because of partisan gerrymandering by state Republicans. But if you'll recall, in a broader ruling during their last term, the Supreme Court justices decided that gerrymandering cases involve political questions and are not necessarily legal concerns for the federal courts. Facebook reportedly has made deals with several big news organizations to provide content for its upcoming news tab. The Wall Street Journal reporting that it's worked out a deal with Facebook, and the journal says other News Corp and Dow Jones publications will be providing headlines for the new section. Facebook's also said to be working with the New York Post, the Washington Post, BuzzFeed News, and Business Insider. Oh, by the way, we got a big sausage recall. Walmart recovering over 6,000 pounds of its great value brand ready-to-eat sausage products. That's skanky. Yeah, concerns over salmonella. Ah. So Wipe it off. (laughs) Wipe it off. Burn it out. Heat Heat it up. It'll be fine. You want some sausage? Mayo Clinic researchers are finding that high consumption of dairy is associated with an increased risk of prostate cancer. The research that was published in oh the Journal of the American what, Osteopathic Association. What am I supposed to do with this news? Well, Put down the cheese, cheesehead. <laughs> anyway, they found that there was Milk a boy that there was also a vastly decreased risk of prostate cancer associated with plant-based diets. Do we, do we have numbers of increase and decrease, or just vague terms like vastly and greatly? Uh, vague terms okay. right now. Vague terms, but 40... You, know, you, you, you don't... You got a reduced risk of prostate cancer with the vegan diet because you never have to use the thing, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the researchers uh, reviewed 47 studies that uh, comprised more than one million participants to come up with these findings. These vague findings. <laughs> and that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. When you leave today, I want to see protesters pelt you with scoops of ice cream. <laughs> I've got time to jam. Out. i got time to jam in a couple of short yeah. stories here for you. Elijah Cummings, who died last week, 
His widow is expected to run for his house seat. So you just got to love that in America. His widow is making skillions of dollars on the payroll and the head of some sort of phony charity. That's a that's a bi-party thing, both-party thing that happens regularly. Absolutely. The whole the whole idea that your widow is uh is the person best to t- yeah, just keep it in the family. That's the way it's supposed to work. Again with the uh the voters. Continuing movement toward making dishwashers great again. Brought you this story from the Wall Street Journal last week. I wondered why my dishwasher takes so long. It takes two and a half hours. I'd never really paid attention. Used to take an hour, and the water used to be like three times as hot. Then regulations from environmental wackos went this way and that way, and now your dishwasher runs for two and a half hours with tepid water, and that's why your stuff still has food on it. But their uh, Trump administration's trying to fix that, and it looks like they might be successful. So go out and get a new dishwasher. Um, we brought you this story, but I wanted to mention again, four dead from Legionnaire's disease linked to oh. a linked to a hot tub display at the North Carolina State Fair. Don't hot climb in tubs the, at the state fair. Don't climb in the hot tub Uh-oh. at the state fair with the other fat, sweaty people like you walking oh, around hey, the state hey, fair. Hey, hey, uh, body. It's a sick and a shaming. There's no need for that. Have you been to the state fair? Oh, golly. Oh, boy. She climbed in the hot tub. A bunch of people been eating uh, cheese on a stick and sweating all day long. Oh, getting the hot tub. Fried candy bars or oh, whatever the Lord, food is. Lord uh, knows what sort of standards for personal hygiene. Yes. Oh. Boy, you know what? The, You're lucky all you got was Legionnaire's disease. <laughs> the, You're dead. It doesn't make any difference. The only people who would get in a state fair hot tub oh. are the kind of people who would get in a state fair hot tub. You're right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Oh, golly. If you're that's, not that kind of people, you aren't going to do it. That is such a gross idea. Every time I go to the state fair, and they they seem to be ubiquitous, the hot tub displays yep. and such yeah. like that. I'm like, who, is it? who goes to the carnival and Impulse buys a hot tub? Well, you know, it's fun because you can look at them and try them, and you're wandering Climb around. in and, with the guy next to you? It's a, no, no. See, that's where it ends. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, you can shop for them. You look at the one with six seats. Do we need six? How often would we be in it with four other people, honey? I don't know, but I just like this. It's fun to shop for them. But you get in them, man. You've crossed a line. <laughs> I mean, it's it's human soup. Oh, it really is. It is. It really is. Yeah. It's a big cup of people soup. Oh, golly. State oh, fair people God. soup. Oh. oh, my God. That's just so gross. And goat yoga is out. Make way for mini pig cafes. Oh, boy. Where you go going to get yourself some uh, coffee and a scone and have tiny little pigs running around you can pet in the thinker uh, uh, I'm not against that. I'm not against it either. But I could do that once, I think. Yeah, sure. It'd be delightful. Get some pictures. I don't mind cutesy. Everybody needs a little cutesy. But you pass a certain amount of cutesy, though. It's like eating too much sugar. It makes you sick. Too much cutesy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Mini pig cafes? Um, among the things I want to touch on, the decline of power of the major network newscasts, which we oh all know has been happening for decades, yeah. but some of the numbers are quite astounding where we are now on that. And a major exterminator has released their annual list of the rattiest cities. Yes, on the How way next. How ratty is your city? And are we broadcasting there? And if we aren't, we can say horrible things. If we are, we'll downplay it. Mm. Downplay well, the rats. Well, well, we got problems. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. What remains of the day remains to be seen. Little fly ball. That is trouble and diving catch by Bradley from behind the runner. One of the best double plays in ALCS history. That was just self-indulgent. I just played that because I wanted to hear it again. Chills. I just wanted to hear it again. I love the baseball. God, they had several innings like that where they were just, oh my God, the swagger the Astros had. It was well, unbelievable. You know, part of the reason that double play happened was the base runner who they doubled up was Aaron Judge, who is seven foot twelve and eight hundred pounds. <laughs> and so it's tough for him to turn around. Dude is the biggest guy ever. Astros got the coolest hair of any team in Major League Baseball history. Mm. I was watching with my son. It's funny, I thought you were straight. Go on. We're all watching with my son because he's always trying to figure out his haircut. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying, how about that guy? Get the, the Springer haircut. Yes. Don't go with the Uriel. That's a little too much. But the Springer haircut, <laughs> that'd be cool. That's, that's right. They do have every do known to man on that squad. Very cool haircut. From the super hipster to the traditional. They're like a catalog of haircuts. So, you know what? That's a good way to recruit, uh, you know, non-fans. Yeah. Gals, perhaps. Um, Nora O'Donnell is the anchor of the CBS Evening News. You probably don't know that because you, I don't, miss that. Because you don't watch the CBS Evening News or any evening news. When I was uh, a kid, my dad came home and turned on probably Walter Cronkite. That's what I remember. And sat in the chair with the newspaper with Walter Cronkite on. You know, it's funny. I have vivid memories of my local news. Growing up, but not uh, not mm. the national stuff. But uh, a lot of people watching the news. Nobody, well, not not near as many people do anymore. So Nora Donna gets roughly five million people watching every night. And CBS's heyday when Walter Cronkite was anchoring it back in the I think the heyday was the seventies. He averaged twenty nine million viewers a night. Wow! Just on one of the big three networks. <clears throat> wow! When the population was about half what it is now, which is really amazing. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, so now it's five, seven, and seven, the three big networks. Then the whole point of that was being Forbes did a big article about this and the declining influence of the evening news. It's been known for quite I don't some watch time. watch the news. Good decision, son. And not that many million people are watching cable news either. We're just getting our news from different sources. Hmm. Oh, here's, I almost left out one of the important things. Walter Cronkite. At his, uh, not at his peak, at his peak, he had 90% of people believed Walter Cronkite. But even when he retired in 1981, 81% of people had a positive opinion of Walter Cronkite. Wow. Now, that they probably should. We've interviewed Bernie. I never can remember his last name. He wrote the book Bias. Bernie oh, worked for Walter Cronkite. Bernie Goldberg, who wrote a book about the bias in news, said he never saw any bias in Walter Cronkite's newscast. He worked really hard at it, and boy, when Walter Cronkite retired, got to see who he really was. He's like a way out there conspiracy lefty, yeah. But he still kept that bias out of his newscast, uh, the best that he could. But people don't do that anymore. But anyway, so he just walked away. He didn't get like me tooed or anything like that. No, he just <laughs> no, he retired because he was old as the hills. Eighty-one percent of people had a positive opinion of him. By the time Dan Rather retired in two thousand five, twenty-one percent of people had a positive opinion of him. I feel like hell. <laughs> so now we just don't believe our newscasters anymore, and for good no. reason. Yeah, <laughs> and for really good reason. Yeah, yeah. But it's a different relationship we got with the media, and certainly um, less of a serious relationship. We dabble, we browse, we get a little here, a little there, and and there's no source. 
We're, we're friends with benefits, and the benefit is you get half the story, depending on which channel you're watching. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, here at the Armstrong and Getty Show, we're thorough, we're fair, we're unbalanced, and uh, these are your top most rat-infested cities. According to who does this? Who uh, big the name rats? exterminator, oh, whose name, sense. unlike our news guy, I'm not going to mention because they didn't pay for advertising. No. Huh? That makes sense, though. Exterminators would know where the rats are. Although I got this from their, their website. And I'm using it from their website. It's Orkin. Good folks at Orkin. Number five. It's the top 50, but I'm going to give you the top five. San Francisco slash Oakland slash San Jose. Yeah, they're number five, but they're number five with a block of cheese. That's like a really obscure with a bullet if you ever... Never mind. Uh, Because, you know, with all the bums and junkies, more rats all the time. Uh, The nation's capital is number four slash Hagerstown, Maryland. Number three, Gotham, New York. Number three, most rat-infested city. It's just the number of people and the amount of garbage. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a rat in any city. Oh, I have. I don't think I have. Ooh, yeah, I have. Of course, I probably spent a few more, like, late nights uh, stumbling around Chicago um, than you did, perhaps. But um, Where would you see a rat? Uh, alleys by dumpsters. You'd be walking what are you past. Doing hanging out? What are you doing hanging out by the dumpsters late at night? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. None of your business. Uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody uh, brought me here. I don't know. <laughs> um, God, is that an obscure old reference? Um, number two, Los Angeles, California. And again, the rat population just exploding as the bums and junkies uh, are helping them work their way up the ladder. But uh, the West Coast. West Coast bum explosion. Michael, thank you for slipping that in. That was uh, seamless. Um, (laughs) Number one. Didn't give me a heart attack at all. Speaking of my home metropolitan area, Chicago, number one for rats. Congratulations. I don't know why. Probably because the... You'd think they'd freeze once a year and you'd have to start over. Then you got a bunch of frozen rats. Mm. Come February, just pick them up by their tails. Bonk, bonk. Yep, this one's frozen. Um, I, I don't know. That's interesting. Could it be that the progressive government of, of Chicago has been ineffective, as ineffective in gathering up rats as they have been in educating the children, for instance? Uh, but that's your top five. Anybody else notable in the uh, top seven? Uh, uh, SeaTac, Seattle, Tacoma's 13. Other notable A&G cities. Uh, you know, that's that's mostly it. Wow, Rally Durham, Chapel Hill, uh, the Research Triangle in uh, North Carolina, twenty-four. I'm surprised by that. It's probably because of the climate. Why don't you do a little research on how to get rid of the rats? What sort of rats, though, Jack? You got your house mouse. That's a mouse. You got your Norway rat. <laughs> okay, that's a rat. You got your roof rat. Mm. Those are your three big rodents. Norway rat. You recognize it by its accent. <laughs> I wonder if you have any cheese. Uh, Burrows underground can get in through the foundations and openings as small as an inch. Wow. Which would be more interesting if they would tell you how big the rat is. But, yeah, it can squeeze in tiny little. Then you got your roof rats. That's why you keep your trees and your shrubs away from your gutters. You got to have a gap. Otherwise, the roof rats will just climb right in your attic, then right down through your chimney, into your bed while you're sleeping, start chewing on you. Happens all the time. This reminds me, apparently at school... My fourth grader said, there's a mouse somewhere, like in the corner somewhere outside. 
Um, I don't even know where it is, but uh, it's become a thing that uh, the kids run over at recess and, and, and watch a little hole for the little mouse to stick its little head out. Mm. And they all find it very uh, cute and charming for some reason. I eh. bet that mouse has had plenty of Cheetos thrown down that <laughs> hole. Oh, yeah. As long as nobody gets the hantavirus, it's good fun, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, so. So they recommend the following tips to help prevent rats and mice in and around the home. Inspect both inside and outside for rodent droppings, mm. burrows, and rub marks along baseboards and walls. The, dro- the droppings, you, you'll be turned on to the fact that you have mice or rats when you see the droppings, because yeah. they leave them everywhere. Well, and they, uh, I don't know how much of a mouse's day is spent pooing, but quite a bit, evidently, because they're, they're, they're everywhere. That's so gross when you see that, like in a drawer or a counter or something like that. That's That's rough. Yeah, we live in a real naturey area, as you do. Again, that word was naturey. It's not even a word, and I mispronounced it. Um, so there are there are droppings in all sorts of places. Generally, not inside the house, though. So I'm kind of I'm not that grossed out by them because it's just part of my world. But oh no, we, we we've had them in our house quite a bit. Where the counter go up in the morning, they're all across the counter. Oh, hey, man. I got a question. Where you for carve it. your bagel oh, or make oh, your that's sandwich? Super oh, gross. yeah, damn right oh, it is. Oh man, the squirrels poo. Well, of course they do, but I'm not sure I've ever seen and recognized squirrel droppings. They just blame it on the rats. And uh, <laughs> Maybe they hold it. Squirrels are rats with better PR. I've always said that. I stand by that. <laughs>